On this episode of Pennies Going In Raw, we discuss the financial revolution, AMC, GME, and we also have quite the slew of guests. Hey, yo, check one, two. This is Flavor Flav in the building for the Atlas crew. Atlas trading, what the fuck is up? They're traders, they're prodigies, and then there's legends. Rob, 4%, baby. No way. 4% fucking percent. Buy the fucking dip. Hey, who told me about IDEX? Like, dude, what the fuck? Like, someone just made, like, a lot more money than me on my trade. You find out, life's this game of pennies. Did you check the portfolio? Pennies. 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 The margin for error is so small. I bet Warren Buffett never did that. They out there making money right now off of penny stocks. The two guys is putting in work to make y'all rich. The pennies we need are everywhere around us. Time to think big. Pennies going in raw. Featuring Dan, Deity It Dips, and Hugh Honey. Produced by Vinny Strokes, baby. Hello, guys. This is a disclaimer. None of this in this podcast is legal or investment advice. Neither of us are financial advisors, and everything in here is for entertainment purposes only. Thank you. Welcome back to another episode of Pennies Going In Raw. Today is Sunday, January 31st, and I think it is fair to say, what, we had the craziest week of trading ever? I mean, I had my best day, and that was great, but it seemed like after that, after that pre-market on Wednesday, nothing was the same. You know, it's funny that the one thing that unites the country is a company worth, what, four hundredth of what it's trading at? We'll get into that. But. Yeah, I saw I saw Dave Portnoy say uh, Donald Trump Jr. and AOC. That I think this is the first thing they've ever agreed on. Yeah, Democrats, Republicans. You got Ted Cruz retweeting AOC. It, weren't they like threatening to kill each other last year? It, incredible. Who who knew that uh, the GameStop would be what brought us all together? All all these injustices caused by the brokers and everything, but GameStop unites us all. You know, it's funny. GameStop used to unite, uh, you know, middle school playgrounds. Now reuniting the country. Wow, it's honestly incredible how far they've come. <laughs> but I think you know, obviously, the squeeze started happening and, and the media started taking notice about a couple weeks ago with Jim Cramer kind of mentioning it. And we even talked about it on the podcast a couple weeks ago as well as it was happening. But I don't really think it all got too crazy until Wednesday. Obviously, they, they it went up so much and uh, what um, AMC was like twenty five dollars. GME was like six hundred. Everything was going nuts. That's the the first kind of weird thing that happened was that TD Ameritrade sent out that little warning saying, hey, if you're trading these, you know, be careful. And everyone was like, damn, this kind of messed up. I wonder what else they could do. You know, we kind of imagined what could happen. And I don't think anyone thought that it could happen as soon as the very next day. Yeah, it's crazy because even at 60, I was like, wow, this this has been an incredible stock. Who would have known that, you know, 60 was just the beginning? I, I can't believe it. We It was even, what was it, Thursday night? The stock closed at like 193. I wake up at 4 a.m. and it's back over 450. That's insane range that I've I've never seen. Yeah, I remember just a couple of weeks ago, I called GameStop. I, I said I was exaggerating, but it was a short squeeze of the century. I think I'm saying it now. GameStop was a short squeeze of the century, but without 
any hyperbole or exaggeration at all. No, it, this is really crazy. And just, you know, I, you know me, I love my stats. Think about this. Okay. Now you guys know that I love LPL research. Okay. They came out with a report that said that GameStop was hitting the fifth standard deviation. This equates to, this basically means that GameStop happens every 13,600 years. Something like this happens. That's a lot of fucking years. Yeah, that is that is quite a range of numbers for this something like this to happen. I'm glad I'm glad I was alive and trading during it. Uh, I can say that. But yeah, I think getting back to the timeline, Thursday, what was it, the 28th, 29th, whatever. Yeah. It started the day with Robin Hood saying, "Hey, you know, um, you can only buy so much of this stock, and then we're we're going to restrict the stock, and then we're going to add more stocks and." The option chains weren't open for what seemed like an hour. And it, it it was all happening so fast. And everyone was saying, you know, everyone was on the delete Robin Hood train and all that. But then Weeble did it. And then they went on the interview with Benzinga. And then they said, okay, maybe we'll take it off. And it was all just like a cluster. And it seemed like it was so unorganized. No one knew what was going on. But I think... Everyone knows that in general, I mean, just the little guy got fucked. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing is that when you really unravel it, you have to look at, you know, I mean, why is Robin Hood doing this? And then once you start getting deeper and I know, I know at this point it's out there, but the same people that are getting screwed by this short squeeze are the same people that own Robin Hood and own the other brokers. So, you know, it kind of goes back to 2008. When, when 2008, do they do they own them or do they just like financially support? Okay, them? yeah. Well, when I say own them, I mean like they have their you know their balls in the chain. You know? oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Know, you. I so got you. I, you know, it kind of goes back to 2008. You know, 2008. Do you blame the people that bought the mortgages or do you blame the people that approved the mortgages? And, and so it goes back to the same thing: is that is that when you break it down, they're all intertwined so closely that the game is rigged against the retail. The game is, we how how long have we been talking about this? I bet we can go all the way back to August. We've been saying this forever. The game is rigged against the little people. Yeah, and I think this is just the first time where we've seen a rule change just right in front of our face, and we all were on the same page about how crazy it was. There, no, one, no one could have said, like, trade your plan, you know, this happens all the time. It doesn't. I mean, that was completely unheard of, unreasonable, and illegal. I mean, the thing is, like, do you think there's enough people talking about this where they will face actual repercussions? Because making them pay a fine means nothing to these people. They have billions. No, exactly. And here's the thing is that is that when it breaks it down, okay, it's going to be for anything. And, and, and again, this comes back to the game is rigged against the little people. Okay, no matter if you like it or not, the game will always be rigged against the little people because the money runs the world. And when you think about it, this is the sad truth of the matter, okay? We want people to pay, okay? But again, I'm going to use 2008 because the same kind of crookery happened back then, okay? Nobody, literally, I I think three analysts went to jail for 2008, okay? And, And this is the same kind of situation that, yes, we could take them to jail. Yes, the SEC is quote unquote going to look into this deeply. But here's the thing is that when we sign those user agreements, okay, we're saying that they, that we cannot sue our brokers no matter what. Okay. So I saw an example saying that, um, think about it like Walmart. 
Okay, the brokers and Walmart are both providing a service. If Walmart wants to shut down their store at 1 p.m., they can shut down their store at 1 p.m. So the brokers are going to use the same exact argument that if they want to shut down, they can do that. Yeah, I mean, it's just the same as playing any online game. Exactly. They can change it at any time. You signed it, you're on it, you're playing. And if they want to say all you can do is jump in one place, I mean, you can cancel your subscription or stop playing, but that's their game. Exactly. And the thing is that now you're saying, well, why would anyone play that game? Well, now why would anyone use Robinhood? They just committed. Yeah. I mean, like commercial suicide. And and now we got a hot take. All right. We got a hot take. Now, I think my personal opinion. OK, I think GME is looking like it wants to go higher. OK, what, what do you think? I think I think we're looking. Actually, I think it depends on two things. OK, if the shorts cover then I think that the floor gets dropped out from under it. If the if the billionaires continue to have this pissing contest, I think this thing goes higher. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I think I, I talked about this with PJ, and, and this will be brought up. Like, if this continues to go on, you, you think these these stocks continue to squeeze? I mean, every you know, with everyone saying, hold the line, if these brokers open these trading, I mean... Could GameStop actually see a thousand dollars? Yeah, so I mean, it's 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 definitely possible. But there's a few things that we have to look at. One is the volume. Okay, Friday was the lightest volume day, and it hit sixty five percent of the average. Okay, that's that's not what we want to see. Okay, with volume dying, okay, people start to take profits, things like that. Then that's when see that's when we start to see the backside of the trade starting to form. And the thing that no one realizes until it happens is that the backside of a, of a stock or the backside of a trade comes 10 times faster than the front side. So it, what I'm saying is that if the front side took two weeks to happen, so that means when it goes from, you know, single digits up to, you know, 500, 600, 700. Okay. The backside of the trade happens in an hour, maybe two hours. And that's why I don't like what's going on with GME right now. Okay. I know that a lot of people, I, I love the movement, but at this point, I think GME only ends in one way. Uh, somebody's going to get slaughtered. And I think it's going to be more than just shorts. I, I, somebody's going to hold this thing from $700 all the way down to 10. And that really makes me upset. Yeah. I mean, there, there has to be your line in your head with Okay, how much? Obviously, the movement means so much, but at what point do you say you've won? I mean, yeah, they say they liquidated their short position or we started a new one, but I mean, these guys don't seem too honest in the first place, you know? Exactly. So I, I think it just being personally honest with yourself and saying, hey, this is where I think I've won, or this is, you know, do be honest with yourself. You are, you could be possibly playing with a lot of money. But hell, if you got in at $5 and, and you want to say, fuck the man, say, fuck the man. Yeah, we're, we're okay with, listen, you want to keep 10% of your position in there? Hell, if you want to keep 10% of your portfolio in there, yeah, go ahead, do your thing. But right now I have kids from high school. I, I have hundreds of text messages right now asking me, hey man, you know, I've been scalping GME every day, buying it this time, every day selling it this time, going all in for everything that I have. And I'm, I'm physically not sleeping over this because that only works for so long. And what, and what nobody understands on, until it happens to them is that what happens on the backside of the trade is that say we get to 800, okay, shorts are forced to cover, okay? They lost $7 billion, Melvin. 
Okay. Then what happens is that this stock starts to halt down and it's, and it doesn't halt down $10. Okay. It halts down a hundred dollars. Then it halts down 120. And the thing is that it's only open for a few seconds. If, if anyone was around for the weed run, okay. IGC went nuts. Okay. It took about two weeks to go like 2000%. The backside of the trade took an hour an hour to wipe out all gains. Okay. At that point, it's not going to be if Robinhood lets you sell. Okay. Because the SEC is just going to keep halting this thing until it's underneath a hundred dollars a share. And that is why I love the movement and what it stands for, but I hate what is happening with the gambling and the traders. Yeah. I mean, we've always, I, I think, and, and we, we love the hold. I think that's the biggest thing is, is we love the hold the line movement, yes. but we've always preached risk management and everything. You know, it, it's almost like Thursday felt like the tea party, the Boston tea party. Exactly. Honestly. And, you know, but at the same time, we do have to realize the game we're playing. And I mean, we kicked our ass and we're going to keep kicking their ass in different departments. But just you you got to play smart. And just know your own risk tolerance. Exactly. So it's it's just a difficult place for us to be in because we do want to say, you know, hold the line, fuck the man. But at the same time, we don't want any of our listeners to lose money. And we preach that from day one. So we are in a tough spot. But, you know, this is, you know, it's it's a crazy time. And that's the thing is that I also want everyone that that needs to be held responsible to be held responsible. But something else is that is that we have to address as PGIR. You know, this is something that that we've talked about a few times is that if you guys are one of our listeners and you guys are physically or you guys you guys really want to, you know, F the man, please do it in the right way. Okay, don't go out there, you know, trying to find someone's Instagram, you know, daughter's Instagram. Okay, Andrew left. Okay, he took a huge shellacking on GME. Okay, I think he lost like 30 million. Okay, but then there were reports that his daughter's Instagram account, but people were going after her. So please guys do this in the right manner. Okay. We're going to, we're going to do what we want and we're going to accomplish all the things that we want, but we're going to do it in the right way. Yeah. We got Steve Cohen to delete his Twitter account. So, I mean, that's a good start, but I think, yeah, going after the daughters is that's where we get into some weird ranges. So, you know, be mindful. Uh, and you know, we're, we're on your side here. We're on the retail trader side here. And um, we'll continue to kick the ass. But with all that being said, I think uh, now would be a good time to get some voices of people like uh, PJ Matlock and Zach Morris. So with no further ado, let's get them going. All right, guys. And now we are going to have on special guest PJ Matlock, CEO and creator of Atlas Trading. What's up, man? What's up, brother? How are you doing? Dude, doing awesome. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, for sure, man. I've been waiting for this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> obviously, it was a crazy week with everything that happened with all the short squeezes and what seemed to be basically brokers bailing out hedge funds. I'm sure you have a lot to talk about. So, I mean, if you just want to unravel about it, go ahead. <laughs> cool. So, well, I mean, yeah, this week was insane, but I think some people might not even understand what actually went down with all of this um they know obviously wall street bets had something to do with it they know uh that the hedge funds and robin hood but like what actually happened to GameStop? like what what actually drove all this crap to go down 
So if we rewind, rewind a little bit back to, I guess, last March even. So I, I wasn't really following Wall Street bets. I would go on their uh, forum every now and then, on, on Reddit every now and then and check them out and laugh at the memes and such. But uh, there was a guy, his name was uh, Deep Fucking Value. And he was like, oh, I'm YOLOing 53K and GameStop. And this was back in March, like it, 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 it was like $3 a share back then, you know, and everybody was like, you know, you're an idiot. What are you doing? This, this company's garbage. It's heavily shorted and blah, 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 blah. Now he still hasn't even sold his shares, this guy. And he's up like, I don't know, 50 million or something, something crazy. So during this time, I'm not sure of like the exact time frame of when all these guys did this, but uh, Ryan Cohen, which is uh, the guy who sold Chewy.com, he had been buying GameStop around this time as well. Okay, like big. Then we had Michael Burry, who is, I don't you remember the housing, he predicted the housing market. He's, he's basically the main character in the big short, and he's big also short, yes. uh, shorting Tesla currently. Yeah, he, he's right. the guy that, that did all the drums, listened to the rock m- music. And, uh, the exactly. Show. Right. So he invested like just millions into GameStop and he's been silent this entire time. Nobody knows, like nobody, he hasn't talked about any of it. Then we've got, uh, mixed on mixed with, I think back then, uh, back in like November ish GameStop had 138% short float. So short interest was 138%. And so I guess for people to understand what shorting is, so I, a lot of people are, every time I explain this to somebody, they're, they can't wrap their head even around what shorting is. And if you haven't Googled it and you don't know what it is, it's when you borrow shares from somebody who owns the, the stock, you borrow the shares, and then you sell them on the open market. So now you're negative those shares because you've got to give them back to the person you borrowed them from, right? And it's as simple as clicking short on a on any platform. You just click short and it does it if the shares are available. Um, so when you borrow the shares and you sell them, you're a seller. Uh, to come back and be even or make money or to, to give those shares back, you have to buy them back on the market. And the idea is that you're going you're gonna to sell them at a high price and buy them back cheaper and you pocket the difference, right? <clears throat> a lot of people have a real hard time understanding how shorting works. So the next issue is, and this is where it gets interesting, is how can a company have 138% short interest? How is that even possible? Uh, well, uh, this is, this is kind of confusing, but if you understand shorting, uh, I'll break it down as, as easily as I can. There are four people involved in a, a company being able to be shorted over 100%. So you have Trader One who owns the shares of GameStop. They go to their brokerage and they say, hey, I want to lend these shares out to people who want to short it. I'm holding long term. I don't care. Let them, let them short it. And they, they sell the shares on the market. Okay. So Trader Two comes in and borrows those shares from the brokerage and sells them on the open market. Trader three comes in and buys those shares because when you sell something that for it to actually sell, there has to be a buyer. 
So trader three comes in and buys those shares. When he does this, he doesn't know that he's buying shorted shares. So now trader three decides I'm going to hold this company and I'll go to my brokerage and lend them out. Do you see how that works? Like, so now he's, he's allowing people to short the shares that he bought. So essentially that one share or however many shares has been shorted twice because he lends it to trader four who shorts it. Right. So there, there is like a double stack of shorting going on. So there's trader four has got to give the shares back to trader three's brokerage. Trader three's got to give it back to trader two's brokerage. So the same share has been shorted twice. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. I I mean, it's kind of like what, I mean, I could be completely wrong, but it kind of reminds me of the exact same thing in the big short, wherever it was the, uh, what was it? The triple a bonds and then bonds and true. Yeah. 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 The B and the, yeah, the A and B. I mean, obviously that stuff is super confusing to the, to the average investor, but at the same time, I mean, if, if multiple people are betting on other people, yeah, it's just going to double. Right. So it's kind of like us, like, synthetic shares in a way they're 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 being that it's a it's the same share has been shorted this company twice and now it's got to be for for a short squeeze to happen or for a short to get out of a position at all they have to buy their shares back so what happened with gamestop is like i said 138 percent short interest okay and they when okay game site none of this has anything to do with fundamentals everybody's like oh fundamentally this company is not making it blah blah blah. Um, none of that matters what actually matters is who is buying the stock who's shorting the stock and who's selling the stock at the time there was nobody left to sell the stock it was loaded with shorts the people that were in it to buy it we're holding forever. They're either going to hold until this company crashes and they lose all their money, or they're just going to hold until it goes up. Right. So the only people in it to get out or that needed to get out is the shorts was the shorts. Right. So this company has been shorted down to the dirt. There's nobody in it left to sell. So that's what makes a stock go down is people selling. If there's no one left to sell, there's only one way for it to go. So that's kind of, the storm that came along with this. And then we had PlayStation five and Xbox come out. Right. I'm, I'm just going to say, it's so funny thinking about you, your explanation of, okay, well, there's no one left to sell. What's the stock going to do? It's going to go up. Exactly. Knowing right. what we know now with the brokers preventing us from selling, or I mean, from buying, if you can't buy, what's the stock? Exactly. Do? Go down. You see, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I was getting to that. Like this is, so it's, uh, it's they've trapped people into only selling. Okay. So it, it basically is easy mode for the hedge funds because, oh, okay, if everybody can only sell, it's the only way the stock can go is down. So I'm going to short the shit out of it up here but not every brokerage played ball and not everybody sold their shares clearly because it's still up. Right. And, uh, but so going back to, to all this, like, so it was down PlayStation five came out, but it, it, it started a, a little bit of a fire, right? The stock went up to like, I don't know. I think it was like 15 bucks ish, ish, 20, 15 ish in November, December. Right. So the guys that, that had been buying this, and holding it and the shorts that have been 
thinking that this is a dog shit company. It's going down. Not to mention there there are there are some fundamentally interesting things about GameStop. They had the the deal with Microsoft, right? They've got some kind. It's it's still not clear. They're they're said to have this earnings this uh, Q4 earnings is supposed to be their first uh, earnings ever of like actual profit you know every time a console comes out like a playstation or xbox uh they seem to get a spike well in this case they kind of got a run-up to that release of the playstation 5 in november so and then you couldn't find playstations anywhere so people are like oh look at gamestop so uh then it went to like twenty dollars well, this is what triggers the short squeeze in that you have shorts that are in this from 10 and under. They're now having to get out of their position. They're getting squeezed out. If a stock goes from 10 to $15, that's a 50% loss that they're holding, right? So if the guy at $10 covers at 15 and takes some of his loss out, when a short covers, they have to buy. So right now you have double in, in, in December and January, you had double the buyers and only the only people actually selling the stock were people reshorting it and profit takers. So it was pretty much two buyers for every one seller. You had the buyers from the short, the buyers that were investing, thinking that this is going to go up, seeing the potential, which is what Wall Street bets ended up doing. They saw this massive, and in hindsight, Looking back at this, it's like inevitable that this was going to happen. I mean, I wish that I, I would have really been paying attention to all of this because we could have caught this so much earlier. It's it's insane. Uh, I mean, I guess essentially, I, I do think we could have made a little bit more money. But at the same time, I feel like we did catch a few of these super low, especially AMC, which I guess right. became like the main sympathy to GME. Right. Uh, And it was kind of another perfect storm, a company that's been beaten down, heavily shorted, you know, and then we had a couple, Zach Morris, he was the one popped up and was like, yo, uh, AMC is beat down. It's got high, high shorts, right? The theme is going to be short squeezes. I was actually creating a, basically creating a new sector of of trading. Instead right, of like yeah. drones or riot plays, yeah, short a new squeeze trend, plays. a new trend, yeah. And that's really like all these guys that are like fundamental traders, Warren Buffett, oh, stocks should only move based on their fundamental value. That is not the way the world works. There's this whole other aspect. This that's whole just other the way area. they want the world to work. Right. And and what I don't understand is everyone, the, the hedge funds are looking to get bailed. No one saved us when we were retail traders and blew up our accounts. No one saved us. You know, they've been taking advantage of people and this is like gone back since the, the, the start of the stock market. They have been like literally shareholders and like, well, not literally, but they've been tearing up shareholders, <laughs> you know, and, and they've been just manipulating stocks. They, when they're shorting something heavy, they'll call their buddies if it's going and yo, short this with me, let's hammer this thing, you know, and they'll drive a company into the dirt, which is what they were trying to do with yeah, GameStop. They, they did not give a shit about GameStop or the, no. however many employees they had working nationwide. These companies don't care about all the employees at GameStop and, you know, all, all the shit that this company's done for years, including right. like, sh- not hang us enough for games. Yeah. And then, I mean, you had this Vlad guy on CNBC with Robin Hood and he's not even answering anybody. He's not even answering the questions. He's not. And 
what what is this like the document i posted on twitter showing that him having 40 percent interest in uh citadel that's very interesting so so you're telling me that this company that is a brokerage has interest in citadel that is shorting gamestop heavily gamestop's up four five hundred dollars a share and now magically oh this stock is up too high we're gonna we're gonna stop the the trading on it. Yeah, no, no. Okay. Yeah, it's crazy. Okay. Just the, the amount of restrictions, even like, sorry to interrupt, but the amount of restrictions that they, like, you can only buy like a hundred shares of SNDL. Right. Like, that's a penny. Stock. Right. So it started with, with GameStop and GME, right? That's where they first started. And then to, because they got so much backlash, I think this is just my opinion. They started doing it to other stocks like oh let's dilute everything and make it look like we're doing it to everything the market's just crazy right now no it's because of GameStop and you were trying to save your buddies and save your hedge fund guy because I guarantee they're getting pressure from the hedge funds to to push this to, to stop this right stop the bleeding but it's not our faults that they're not respecting their risk to reward ratios, right? They're just, and they keep shorting it. That's what I don't understand. Dude, I'm telling you right now, this is just it, totally my opinion, right? I don't think GameStop is done. I think it goes to, a, I think a super squeeze is about to happen. I could, I could totally be wrong, right? But I think a super squeeze is about to happen because again, it's 120. Now it's 120% shorted. I think that was Friday. So all these guys losing billions, they're not stopping. It's like going to a casino and you just keep losing and you're withdrawing all your money to go back and just, please, it's let me honestly, just make it back. It's honestly like, and and I kind of just thought of this now, but it, have they ever had losses that they haven't been able to control? To, right. Is this the first time that, and now they're just like, wow, we, do, do they need to listen to the podcast? Do they need to learn about risk so. management? I think so. I think that they've controlled the game for so long because that's what they do, right? They don't like we're we're heavily uh, the retail traders heavily on the technical side. You know, we trade based on market psychology, not as much some fundamentals. You know, we've got fundamental traders, but it's a lot with trends and what's going on. They're more on the fundamental side. And they can push stocks around all because they've got billions, you know, it's just it's a it's a lot easier for them to push a stock around. So the game has been on easy mode for them, you know, and then, you know, Wall Street bets comes out and they've got unreal amount of followers. And it's like I don't they've basically that, been playing a game on single player forever and exactly. it just got online mode. And we're coming to kick their ass. Right. But then they messaged the moderators of the game and said, hey, help me, I'm losing. And then the moderators came out and said, okay, let me turn this back on easy mode for you. We're going to have two zipples for you. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, man. Exactly. That video is is fucking hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, it is. This is the craziest time ever. Like, what a time to be in the market and learn all of this. And yeah, I know like Zach was saying, everything is risky. There's a lot of risk right now. Yeah, GameStop is risky right now. Do I I do think it's gonna go more? I I do. I think it's gonna go to a thousand dollars. I could be totally wrong. And I'm not saying to buy GameStop. I I don't even know if I I might scalp it. What I'm terrified of with GameStop, I think that they might what if they T12 halt this thing for a month? 
You know, you don't want your money to be yeah, tied up like in something for that long. Like luck and coffee. Exactly. And I'm so like, so to me, the more like the, 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 the smarter idea to me is, okay, GameStop rips to a thousand bucks. Okay. Then play the, the, the plays like AMC, right? Like Fubo with a high 70 something percent short interest, right? Cause the theme will be high short interest, right? And it's, it's just, that's the way the market works. When, when electric vehicles are in play, we play all the EV stocks, right? When pots in play, we play the pot stocks and now it's the short squeeze stocks, right? So, I mean, it's just what a crazy time. I can't believe all this stuff. They're going to be talking about this the next 50 years. I think the wave that this has created is going to be gigantic. I think that this is going to create a huge wave across the kind of the world in a way of like, I think like one thing to ask, like with all that you're saying, is this a bubble or is this a step to something completely new? Oh man, I think it's, it's a check to, is it, I think it could be a bubble, right? But I think that it is a check to the institutions to all, all these guys, it's a it's a reality check that the game is changing. Where it's no longer the same game you were playing. It's no longer easy mode. You're gonna have to flip it to medium and hard mode because we're coming after you. You know, like we're not we're not playing around. We don't have to go to college for eight to ten years to learn about the market and then get in just know the fundamental side. You can get on YouTube or go to Atlas Trading and learn everything you can learn about stocks for free right? You don't have to, you don't have to go to college and go to a hedge fund to be a hedge fund manager and work for all these, you know, prop firm. You don't have to do any of that, right? You can literally just learn how to trade for free. And so that's the scary thing is with the stimulus checks coming out and everyone, all these new traders coming out. And I am worried about the new traders because right now the game is on easy mode for us, for, for the retail trader, it's on easy mode. Everything is running. You just buy it. It kind of goes up right now. When, when this market cools off, those guys that came in during this time, same thing that happened, COVID, you know, when COVID spiked in May, June, July, and then August hit and everyone lost in August, right? The same kind of thing. When the market slows down, those newer traders that think all these stocks just run when you buy them and everything's easy, that I think they're going to start losing. So they really need to taper back and start focusing on learning what's happening, you know, because there's a lot to be learned with what's going on. I'm learning a ton just off of what's going on. It's so, all this is so interesting to me. I've been talking about it nonstop for two days. Like it's, well, not even two days, the whole week really, but nonstop to family and friends. Cause I had so many phone calls that I'm answering from people wondering what the hell's going on with GameStop and am I a part of it? You know? So what, what a crazy time, you know, uh, to be in the market and it's just, wow. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's a blessing to be here. Um, I mean, just the fact that, I mean, you, you had to think like I was on UK news yesterday. <laughs> uh, like, it's just like the craziest things are happening. The market and retail traders are going mainstream and uh, what you've created seems to be at the forefront. I know that's got to be like a crazy feeling for you. It really is, man. It's it's insane. I can't believe how fast we've grown. I mean, 
and and Wall Street bets they've done something awesome too because they put the spin on the market with kind of the same thing the the kind of lightheartedness and the playing and the and it doesn't all have to be serious all the time and we can have fun and trade and make money right and uh, so shout out to them for for that too because it's it's changing the game it really is it's such man all this is just so exciting to me and so like it's just unreal. <laughs> It is it is a great time to be a trader, man. Well, thank you so much for for joining today, dude. Uh you 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 had a point where you gave me chills and in, in the in the ending monologue you had about what new traders had to do to get in instead of going to all these years of college. It was uh yeah, yeah I mean hey, I mean I'm a high school right? and college drop. I dropped out in high school in 12th grade. I th- I threw a chair through the wall, said screw this place. Gave middle finger to the principal. PJ Strong. Yeah, I, exactly. I was now should I, I shouldn't have done that. You know, I should have finished. But then I went to college fucking three times, dropped out every time. It just wasn't for me. You know, that's that setting is not for me. You know, it's so. This is something of like as soon as I I it hit my radar, I dove into trading and just obviously you know the story from there but <laughs> yeah and, and yeah. if you don't know the story you can check out penny's going and raw episode i think 16 i think it's um, 16 too yeah yeah uh well dude thank you so much for joining us you provided a ton of insight and you're welcome on anytime. oh man i love you guys so much thank you dan Thanks. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I can't say it enough. You're the man for everything you've created. Uh, I mean, you've, you've changed so many lives and I'll see you on Monday for another trading. All right, brother. Peace, man. All right. And now we have on fan favorite, Zach Morris. Thanks for joining us, man. Uh, thanks for having me on guys. Um, um, hello everybody. Uh, crazy ass week, right? Yeah, dude. Just, just insane. Um, I know you were you were the one that initially called AMC at two eighteen, so I'm sure you had just a a monster week. Oh, yeah, I mean, it is. I can't even. I can't. I never like two years ago. I would never think that you know we would all be here and or like you know all this going on. Like you know, my goal was always like, all right, cool, one million for the year. Let's see if I can do it. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's ridiculous. I was gonna say, would you have like a million dollar hour? Yeah, not even. <laughs> That's so crazy. Um, but yeah, anyway, with an AMC, like, you know, I'm not like GameStop. We saw like we actually called GameStop in the chat uh, as like a Christmas run up. I think I forgot how much it was around. I think it was around like $12 and it reached the and I think when do we get out? I think I was and I did. I, I, you know, honestly, I did tell people to get out before earnings, too, just because it's GameStop. Nobody shops there. Uh, cause they rip you off on your games too. But, uh, anyway. And, uh, and then, you know, when I saw GameStop going, you know, I, I like to be ahead of the herd. So, you know, that's why I went for AMC because that was next on the short list too. And the, the thing with these is like, before I get in, I already know that what games are going to be played, that they're going to pull it back and try to shake people out. And honestly, those nasty pullbacks is when you just keep adding more and more and more because just like longs that chase, you know, reps, shorts, chase dips too. So they get that FOMO as well. And that's the best time to kind of trap them in there. And then, and then while the price is going up, they just start covering up on each other. And that's why you see like these ginormous spikes sometimes. 
Uh, whenever you kind of found AMC as a play, did you think of it at all in like the same way as GME was getting played? Because obviously GME had ran up a good bit as of like two weeks ago whenever AMC was mentioned, uh, still super low. Did you see GME and you were like, oh, okay, AMC is similar short float and it can do the same? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, was, I mean, from the beginning, I was like, and I was like, oh, yeah, this one's going to go. Don't worry. And, you know, I, first I gave like a $5 PT, then 7 then 10 Um, And the reason is because, you know, I'm not going to go and say 30 at once. You know, you know, you just gradually move up. You don't have to, you know, just pull out, put out a $30 price target. But, yeah, well, I knew it was going to go. Yeah, I think what was really surprising is how GME just became, there became so many sympathy plays and short squeezes became like this hot sector. Yeah, that's that's the theme right now. And, you know, that's what I wanted to touch up on uh, about, too, is because, you know, you have all these new traders. Like, I have people messaging me. They're like, you know, people who know, know me personally. They're like, hey, should I buy GME or Dogcoin? No, I'm like, fuck no. What are you doing? No, you want to lose all your money? Yeah, go buy that. No, no. All these new people that are coming, you know, that's why we have Atlas. You know, we're there to teach you. We're not, uh, hey, let's pick one stock and moon it. We actually like to find, like, you know, we play news plays. We, dip, we play dip buys, you know. All sorts of plays uh, because this this is not this this won't last. You know, it's it's just like a it's just a little theme that's going on right now. It's the short squeeze theme, and then when we run out of that, then we're gonna be playing something else. I think spocks are gonna be soon because I think all these new B investors are gonna learn that all these spocks are basically buying IPOs at the bottom. So I think those are gonna come into play soon too. So I'm still holding all like you know THBR AMCI. Lots, close, FII, all those. Uh, so you just got to be patient. I know this is the time to actually, uh, you know, add them because they're dirt cheap. Yeah, no, they're dirt uh, cheap. I was just going to say, I uh, I know someone responding to one of your tweets saying, oh, y- you could be helping so much more if you just picked one stock. But like you said, that's not what Atlas is about. I mean, we're about teaching people how to do it themselves. And, and just mooning one stock isn't always or isn't ever really the safest idea. Yeah, it's not. And I'm not. And, you know, I had people uh, complain to me. They're like, how come you're not like talking about AMCI and NACD and all that? And because those are too high for you, because I I got like a what did I get? Like 100,000 followers in two days. So that's all these new people following me. I'm not going to I don't it's irresponsible for me to tell them, hey, buy NACD, even though we our original purchase was in the was in, you know, around like 30, 40 cents, whatever it was. You know, I, I'm my the way I play is I like to get everybody in cheap. I don't like even if even if AMC goes to a hundred dollars, I don't feel that it's responsible for me to tell people to like, hey, start buying it now while it's like twenty dollars or whatever. Especially with all these brokers uh, like uh, screwing with them. Yeah, what what are your thoughts on how the brokers have handled it? Uh, you know what I you know everybody is showing their true colors across the board. You know, I'm loving it. I'm loving it because people are finally opening up their eyes. This is actually uniting a, a great deal of people, too. And, you know, we'll see. And and if they and if the SEC or, uh, you know, they start making all these new rules to hurt us retailers, it just shows you, you know, who they are. That brings up a really good point. Do you think... Could you see them trying to do something to stop the retailers from, you know, I don't want to say squeezing, but, you know, putting in some kind of restrictions so that they so that stocks can't get mooned? It, it was just reported that Wall Street Bets, it now has eight million 
uh, users. They were at two million at, on Monday. Um, you know, I, I could I could see them trying to play games because you know they don't they don't want to see uh, you know w- what's going to happen when everybody's in America is rich off of stocks. You know, yeah, they don't they don't want the regular person you know having money. They want you to depend on them. You know, so. Yeah, that's my thought. I mean, people aren't going to be working at, at Walmart and Lowe's anymore if if they can just sit at home all day and and trade one stock and get rich. And, exactly, exactly. They don't want you. They want you to be a paid slave. That's what they want you to be. They don't want you to be an entrepreneur and you know uh, live a good life where you just click a mouse and then you know you get to have a great day with your family and friends. Yeah, it's definitely uh, something interesting to see, especially with how many new people are in the market and how much money I imagine they made off of GameStop, especially the ones that took profits and are now interested in learning about the market more. And uh, it seems like yeah. it was just just last week or in the past two weeks, we saw an influx of traders similar to what we saw in March. Yeah, and uh, it's it's nuts. And it, it blows my mind, all these like all these games that I'm seeing, even before the GameStop, just all these successful, like, you know, people that uh, follow us and in that list, like, you know, some people like uh, Sammy went from like $600. I think he was even down 30,000 at one point. And he's uh, what, at 200,000 now? Like that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, He took out six figures. Yeah. It's crazy. He posted his chart. He's at like 285 and he took out like a hundred thousand or something. He's he's up like 600%. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. And then you guys too, like, you know, Dan, when you first started, I was like, all right, this kid's a little, like, you know, he's, he's just like a little douche, but a funny douche. You know, I like, I always, I, 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 no, I, I, always, I always liked you, but I used to like, there was other people who did it. And I was like, dude, he's funny. Who cares? Like, yeah, that's, that's him. It's, I loved it. I always, you know, I was always cheering you on. I was like, yeah, dude, don't fuck with Stan. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, it's definitely, it's crazy how far, like, everyone, everyone's come, like, in, in such, what seems like a short amount of period uh, in the grand scheme of things, only being, like, about a year now. Yeah, and you know what, that's what I love about Atlas, too, because together, all of Atlas, I mean, not just, like, you know, the people who post on the trading floor, I, I see the trading chat, like, Willie Meat Sauce and um, the guy who uses the football player, Manziel, whatever, you know, all of these guys, like, doing amazing, and we're all grown together. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, in the Manzel thing, I, we we interviewed him thirty or seventeen dollars to over sixty thousand in a matter of three weeks. It was like off of options, and I guess that's a, a good transition. You took your first options play, um, uh, yeah, this well, week. Well, well, I, it's not my first option, but you know, kind of like you know, I, I, don't, I don't usually play options, but yeah, like remember I text you and I was like, yeah, I think I was like. I, I text you. When did I text you? Thursday, and I was like, uh, uh, Thursday, like like an hour and a half before market close. Yeah, and I was like, hey, I bought some uh, put like uh, three seventy five puts for the next day because uh, I feel like we're gonna have like a mini crash. And then what happens? The crash. Oh, it, like uh, I I added some too, and I was I was riding it with you, and and by the end of the day, they were up around what like forty percent. The next morning, uh, I think it's it's obvious to say if just selling them in the morning was way too early. Should have held those throughout the day. Yeah. What did they go up? Like a thousand percent or? Uh, I sold mine at probably 650, 700%. But I imagine towards the end of the day, they were up pretty yeah. like 12 to 1500. Yeah, that was that was a crazy call. You've had you've had one of the, the best retail trading weeks probably ever. Oh, it's it was, it was nuts. I couldn't. I I can't even. Uh, I can't even. It still hasn't hit me. 
to be honest with you. Like, but honestly, like what's more rewarding to me is like just seeing everybody else doing good. To me, this is a numbers game and that's what helps me with my emotions is even when I have a crazy big day, I still don't get as excited as you think I should is, you know, you, you got to just be level. Yeah. Any other, any other job, if you made a million dollars in a day, you'd be quit or you'd take at least a month and a half off, you know? Yeah. But now with trading, you're just back at it the next day. You're just playing with yeah. the bigger size. And that's what a lot of people is like, you know, a big, uh, a big thing is, is those emotions. And, you know, that just goes with emotional intelligence is you could be the smartest person in the world, but if you don't have common sense or emotional intelligence, then, you know, then you're useless because you'll, you know, you could freak out that, that moment you get angry and you freak out could ruin the rest of your life, you know, depending what situation it is. So it's really good to really control those feelings. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, obviously this is this is hyperbole, but it, I mean, it really is just just one thing uh, can can really change change everything for you. I mean, especially when it comes to making emotional decisions. Oh, and, uh, you and, see it like in court all the time. <laughs> yeah, and then one thing that's really like you know that I I, met, I forgot to discuss last time. You know, I had high blood pressure, so I gave up drinking. You know, I used to love drinking wine and beers. Wasn't a real liquor guy; I just collected it. I don't really drink any of that stuff. I know people are going to boo me for that, but uh, one the one ever since you know when I gave up drinking, my trading also went through the roof because I was able to, like you know I felt like I could focus more. I even lost like 40, 50 pounds. Because of it, um, but it's definitely helped my trading. I'm definitely more clear headed. Um, and yeah, I'll never go back. So I definitely like, you know, if you're foggy or whatever, I suggest giving up drinking for like two weeks and see how your trading goes after that. And just with everything else, you'll just feel like amazing and you'll probably you'll look much better too. No more, no more high noons for you. Oh, uh, no, no high noons, no watermelon beer, just, uh, yeah, just just Topo Chico and H2O. That's that's, uh, that's an incredible trip. Well, congratulations on that. I know it's hard to, to quit drinking. Uh, not from personal experience. I haven't tried yet. <laughs> but um, <laughs> now, uh, Hugh, is there anything you want to touch on with him? Dude, you and I, the three of us and PJ, I mean, we're all super tight. And it's just incredible. You know, I mean, you've always led the pack as far as Fintwit goes in, in milestones and goals and stuff. Uh, but this is just a whole new level. And, and I know you say that's a numbers game. Have you done anything to really celebrate, you know, the, the I mean, you've just been, you, you're on pace to break Jim Cramer's Twitter record. And I mean, as far as monetarily goes, I mean, you're just flying through, you're, you're like the top point oh 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 one percent now. Have you done anything? And, and I know you said that hasn't really hit you, but, you know, I mean, that's just got to feel insane. I mean, you know, my, we, you know, my wife and I, we went in, uh, you know, I, I really wanted her to get a Rolex. So I went, I was like, all right, cool. I'll get one for myself too. Cause I had a big day, but no, we haven't like done anything like that yet. Uh, what I plan on doing, you know, maybe just buying a few commercial properties and things like that and maybe building another home. Um, that's awesome. But like I said, it's, it's just, it's that, that level headed, uh, mindset that, you know, it kind of keeps me from, uh, doing like stupid money decisions too. Like people like, you know, with the, even with like the watches is not the smart, but that's, you know, that's my, you know, I'm enjoying my life. That's, that's what I like. Dude, you can islands, you can afford an island for less than like 2 million, dude. I mean, if you're looking for property, uh, just get well, your own island. Well, I'm just waiting for, you know, what is it that, uh, that, uh, uh, Elon Musk internet where you can get in once you can get internet everywhere, then, you know, maybe that's possible. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. I forgot about that. That would be yeah. a problem. Yeah. 
Uh, well, is there anything you'd like to touch on uh, before we kind of move on to another section of the podcast? Uh, no, I just wanted to, you know, say thank you. Like, uh, thank you to PJ, you know, everyone in Atlas, uh, you know, uh, Bear, uh, Incredible Bob, Mystic Mac, Jimmy Turbo, you know, you guys, Atlanta, no, Atlanta, <laughs> whatever. Adelon. Adelon. <laughs> Uh, you know, Kenny, Kenny Powers, everybody, uh, brief Carolina. Love those guys. Thank you for the song. But yeah. And, and all my followers love you guys. Thank you so much. And, uh, I really appreciate it. Appreciate the ones that always support me. And then whenever like some troll comes, everybody just destroys them. I love that. That's awesome. Bro. That's the funniest thing. It, dude. It's awesome. You, oh my God. you have, and, you have an army. Imagine, imagine if we, imagine if we do like a get together in, uh, Vegas or Miami, it'll be nuts. I, I can oh, only imagine how many people imagine show Imagine we up. have a get together and someone fucks with you in person <laughs> and I'm just like 4,000 traders oh come God. out of the bushes. <laughs> uh, oh, and then, uh, and then, oh, wait, one thing because I'm sick of the rumors out there, okay? I don't shave my arms. All right? <laughs> Hell no. I don't shave my he arms. Right? I have, no, I have white hair. All right. I'm a man. I pee standing up. And there's nothing wrong. With it. <laughs> Dude, I, I've never liked all my arm hair. I, you know, it's always, it's, it's a lot to deal with. Uh, but, I guess one last thing before you go, uh, for the people that just started kind of trading this week or in this past month and turned their stimmy check into over $4,000, $5,000, what kind of advice do you have for those guys? Um, To start small, um, everybody that's new, I suggest playing with paper, paper money until you learn what, you know, come into, you know, join Atlas. Uh, our education is section is huge. Thanks to everybody. You know, Ripster. Oh yeah. I forgot to say, I always forget Ripster. I fucking love Ripster. He's amazing. Uh, I don't know why I forget him, but I love, <laughs> I love Ripster, Ricky, Bobby, uh, Brady, all those guys, but yeah, Ripster. I love you. Sorry for not mentioning you last time. Okay. And that laid back school too. All right. <laughs> oh, and yeah, right, so, yeah, so, uh, oh yeah so for the new guys hit the education section uh you know in the beginning i know it's overwhelming i didn't know anything when i first started either you don't have to like i said you don't have to be the smartest person just you know stick around smarter people even now like you know people all ask oh do you do extensive hours of dd why do i need to do extensive hours of ddd when we have like some of the best dd people around us like manpre and then you hugh so, yeah, yeah, I'm just in the back and seat Bob. now. Man, no, pre, did you? Tell you what, no, dude, I'm just kidding. Man, pre, the no, like man. Been, I like that you've been doing your own thing. Actually, like you know, you dabble in options, and you're calling a short on this. I really like, and you know, I'm watching. I'm watching you guys, and I'm really proud of you guys. I. Yeah, you know, I've been getting some hate for the shorts, <laughs> for the for like MRNA. You picked, you picked, MRNA a, you picked is back a tough over two hundred short, Hugh. Yeah. Oh man! Well, Emma or Nicole is back over thirty, and I had I, I went through my DMs. I had five guys DM me. How you like Nicola now? I hope you're underwater on your short. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a it's a tough time to be a short, but uh, we appreciate you coming on, man. We always appreciate your time, and uh, we will we will get revenge on these hedge funds and make sure to hashtag delete Robinhood. Yeah, their asses are ours. <laughs> <laughs> all right boys appreciate it man all right laters thank you
All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed Zach and PJ. We have one more segment before we get into the voices of all the other furus that we have to offer today. How to redistribute your gains from this crazy week. Obviously, people had insane uh, some options on my AMC calls went 15 to 20,000 percent. Uh, Zach called it at 220, insane call, bought it, bought a lot of options, and they went bananas. So, um, how, how do you see this market going? Obviously, we just talked about themes changing last week, but how should we put these gains in? I put a lot into SPACs just because they were dipping so much, and I really hope the, the SPAC mania comes back. Yeah, so one of the things I tweeted was, be good, not lucky. And part of that being good is seeing what's in front of you before everyone else sees it. So right now, okay, we saw lots dip to like 1030 on a Friday or something. And that's because we saw an outflow into the things that we were usually, you know, playing. And we saw a huge inflow into AMC, GME, and okay. Now what I was doing on Friday was I didn't even look at AMC or GME. Okay. All I had my eyes on were the swings that were dipping because guess what? Okay. When all of this hypes down, which honestly I think is coming to a close end very soon, Okay, they're going to move on to, quote unquote, the next shiny thing. And the next shiny thing is probably going to be back to the same things that we were playing. Okay, the market has a short term memory. Okay, just because last week was high short interest and last week was the craziest week we've ever seen. This is a whole new week. The market could completely forget about last week and we could just go on to regularly scheduled program between weed EVs and SPACs. So we have to be mindful of that. And if the high short interest does continue, that's when you really have to start looking for when that slows down because it will, okay? GME is the index right now. GME, if GME comes falling down, so will all the other high short interest. And that's something to really keep an eye on. If you're trading those, you have to keep GME on one of your graphs. Yeah, like like we touched on in the interviews is there's been a new sector formed and it's short squeezes and they follow GME. Um, I've, I've never seen like this, has this, have you ever seen short squeeze be a sector in itself? Yeah. So it's happened. It's kind of been, it, it, yeah. So it definitely runs, but nothing to this, nothing to this kind of caliber. It'll run for a day. Let's say that, uh, AMC comes out with, um, capital news, then there will be sympathies, but we've seen a run now for a few days, which we've never seen that happen. Uh, A theme like this lasts for a few days. Uh, so it's usually like maybe like a one day pop and drop, uh, but nothing like this. Yeah. I mean, this, this is, I mean, just as everyone else has said, this is so crazy, so unexpected. Um, but just trying to figure out what's going to happen next, where to put these gains. Um, you, you were talking about it with me before, uh, about a week ago that you did have a new swing. Um, did you kind of want to let them know about this one? Yeah. So this is going to be a new SPAC. And so I'm going to slowly start to accumulate this. Okay. Because this one's going to be a huge winner, but it's going to be, but it doesn't have a catalyst timeline. Okay. I really think that SPACs are going to be hot again. And I think that this one is going to be once found is going to be on the, on the forefront. Okay. It's inside the low tens and it's looking right now for an energy partner. Now, the really important thing about that is what? Okay. Biden. 
Biden, Biden, Biden is huge in energy. He's huge in the EVs. Okay. He just announced last week that he wants to change the entire federal fleet to, um, you know, electric. Vehicle Wait, cars. if he has, if he has so much energy, why are they calling him sleepy Joe? <laughs> ah. <laughs> that was a good one. A good one. Yeah, um, thanks. so the ticker is Brez B R E Z. Did you want to do an acronym for that? <laughs> uh yeah, Baton Rouge Electricity Zap. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, I like that one. Um, so the thing that I'm looking at with Brez is that <laughs> this is this is a hunch. And shout out to Rich Hamilton Jr. Uh, it's a guy that I like to follow, and a really guy that's a, just a really good follow. Okay, he he's been helping me out, you know, understanding these facts before they run. And so something that he keeps an eye on is the filings. And this one recently filed a 13G and a form. Four. And usually what he what he's telling me is that that's usually when they're getting close to announcing a partnership. Now, the other thing about Brez is that it's also backed by none other than the Hunts family. Okay. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Hang on. Sorry, I'm trying to find my notes real quick. <laughs> Who are they? <laughs> like uh like like the Hunts family, like the um the ketchup. Oh, why would I know that? The Hunts family? They're huge. <laughs> okay. Off of just ketchup? Um, no, dude. They own, uh, what do you call it? They own, dude, they own the Chiefs. Wow. Dude, they're... Off of... I mean, but like besides the ketchup. Um, no, they own like all that shit. It was like all the different condiments and stuff. Huh, well... You never heard of the Hunts family? I mean, I, I just don't know the rich... Uh, condiments uh <laughs> creators um okay yeah so uh, well i'll go into who they are in a second but uh yeah so brez okay it's back like i said by the hunts family who owned the che- they're worth billions and billions and billions um and then so brez okay like i said about biden okay they're an energy and esg spec okay and i think that those are going to be the specs that are going to run the most kind of like when we saw the evs and like when we saw the weeds um, you know, this is something that plays right into the new administration. And as they get settled in and they stop dealing with less corona, they're going to start making bills for energy and they're going to start, you know, they're, they're really going to start working towards what is important towards the administration. And I think that this timeline is going to be perfect. And I think that at this point, it's not going to, now there, there are rumors about, you know, floating around about who they're going to, you know, merge with and that, that they're still looking. But I think that this is going to be one where we can slowly accumulate. And, and this is going to be kind of like, T-S-I-A last week where it went from 10 to 28 just on who they announced that they were uh, merging with. And, and like I said, is that Rich Hamilton, uh, he kind of got me onto this one and and he called T-S-I-A and I woke up like up 150%. And I was like, wow, this is, <laughs> this is awesome. So then when he pointed me towards Brez, I started looking into it. And I think that this one is going to be, you know, like I said, no real timeline. I think that within February, we'll hear some kind of news because of the filings and I think that this plays perfectly into the new administration. Okay, well, that's the new swing. B-R-E-Z, again, Baton Rouge Electric Zap. I guess another thing we can talk about, because I'm sure there'll be a lot of new people listening, is some of the SPACs that we're in currently. And we've interviewed a couple. L-O-T-Z, Lots, Car Lots, just merged, was A-C-A-M. UWMC, United Wholesale Mortgage, the second biggest uh, mortgage company. We interviewed the CEO, Matt Ishbia, two weeks ago. FIII. I know some people are are in AMCI. You heard it in the Zach interview uh, that he doesn't 
That's why he's not alerting it right now. So it's still too high. We were we were in in the tens, etc. Uh, CLOV, another good one. Um, but there are a lot of spacs, and spacs were just the hottest thing before the short squeezes. So you know, seeing as I'm pretty heavy in them, I I hope uh, I hope that comes back for at least a bit. Yeah, and, and that's the important thing is that is that what we're trying to show you guys is that you got to start thinking. You know, we talked about it a little bit earlier though about what's next. Okay, because I'll tell you right now. Okay. I've seen this on like a smaller scale. Okay. It's been, you know, these themes pop up and they're all the rage. They make national news. And then all of a sudden they, you know, something comes out or shorts cover the floor falls out from under them. And then, you know, it's like the 24 hour, you know, uh, news cycle is that it's gone after that. You know, it's, it's not really thought about until we talk about the end of the year again. And and so that's what I'm, that's what I mean is that you got to start, don't be left holding a bag. Okay. And on top of that, be ahead of the crowd. Okay. There are tons of new investors and new traders now into the market. Okay. Do, do not be with the gamblers. Okay. Start thinking ahead and start thinking about what's coming next. Okay. And that's why I think SPACs are going to come next. And, and the other thing is that I think that, you know, crypto, we saw um, Bitcoin dip this week and I think that it's starting to crawl up again. And I think that we could see over 40K soon again. So I added Mara Riot and our uh, EQOS. Is that the ticker EQOS? Yeah, EQOS. Yeah, that's one of our favorites. Yeah. Yeah, it had a big dip. I, I like EQOS. Here. Yeah. Because uh, it, it hit back to the 14s or 15s or something crazy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think my average on is like 15, 20 or something on it right now. But I think that crypto is going to get hot again because, again, is that, and, and we I've seen this on a smaller scale. And, I, and that's why I love the movement. But again, I'll say it again. I hate that GME is up here. Because what it's going to do is that it, I had someone from high school text me, hey, man, uh, you know, like I should have started trading with you. Like I like I've made more money this week than ever before. Like, you know, like no wonder you do so well. And I was like, <laughs> my seven years of trading just like completely undermined in, in one text. Message. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like one text message, like completely undermined. So I think that we're going to uh, and I hate this because we I saw the same thing in 2017. I saw the same thing in 2018. OK, then the gamblers lose their shirts and then they go back to to investing in crypto or or the next shiny thing and so i think that that's you know knock on wood that's not what we see here but this is our last warning if you if gme could make you a millionaire or the bank owns your house please stop and so i think that you know but but even someone that listens to the podcast is going to hold the stock all the way down and that's and that's going to be really upsetting. But I mean, hey, that's that's what some of them are saying. They're saying that this stock will go to zero before they get it from me. So I think that's just part of the movement, man. I think people have said to hell with their four hundred and eighty dollars they put in or whatever. But I mean, you know, it's honorable. They're holding the line. Listen, and, uh, it's super honorable. I got stopped on the street asking if I was going to hold AMC for, you know, uh, 502, uh, uh, some random lady. So I think that it's important though, is that to note, okay. When it's like a, it, when the, it's like a beer muscle. Okay. When the adrenaline's pumping and you feel like you're a part of something great and like, you know, nothing can stop you and, and you have your money. Okay. It's great. But then if something, if let's just say that GME crashes and now, you know, nobody's talking about it, then you're going to be like, well, shit, like I, I screwed up. So I, I just want you to start thinking ahead and start being open-minded to, okay, what's going to go next? Okay. We know that there's been, that the SPACs have been beat down. Okay. When one sector goes hot, 
another sector cools down. So now start accumulating those dips and those sectors for when the short interest stops because it will stop. We just need to find the next video game store. Yeah. I think we're looking for the wrong sympathies. Instead of short squeezes, maybe this is a video game store uh, sector. And maybe video games are all the rage right now. And people are, are in this for the wrong reason. So I'm in it for, I'm, I'm going long Best Buy. Um, yeah, but on a more serious note, I think uh, we could kind of talk about, you know, what we said last week and how the thesis on AMC kind of came true. And then also maybe the legalities of all of this. Yeah, definitely. So I think that's really important to note because I've been getting a lot of questions. Okay. The FOMO was, uh, did, did you touch AM or I mean, uh, GME this week at all or no? Uh, not GME. I was, I was on AMC. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely AMC. But, um, you know, uh, GME, I didn't touch, but I'll tell you what, um, there was a few times that I really just want like on a dip or something that I just wanted to like, you know, I just wanted to dabble a little bit and I haven't felt FOMO in a few years like this. So, you know, that was crazy. And you could see the outflow and just the constant selling into the swings that were holding. And so something that we mentioned last week, but I think that's important to reiterate. Okay. Because I had, I had one guy, you know, we, we interact here and there inside the DMs and he said, Hey man, you know, I loved your podcast last week. Um, and I'm not touching GME because I, I don't want to FOMO, but I feel like these gamblers are are making huge amounts of money while my swings are just dipping. Um, and, and I think that something that I want to reiterate from last week, okay, is that, you know, the gamblers, yes, okay, it's all fun now, okay? And, and when the dust settles, okay, it's important that you understand how to trade. When the volume su- suppresses and we get into that August low volume, okay, it's important to stick to your game plan, okay? On our swings that are dipping right now, okay, at one point I was down like a quarter million dollars across our swings. Uh, and, and that was because our swings were dipping. And, and that was, and so something that I have to keep, and I said this last week, a post-it note on my desk that says three things. Has the thesis changed? No. Has the fundamentals of the company changed? So did they come out saying that they need cash right now? No. And do you still believe in it? And so if I can answer any of those questions and none of those, if if I can ask myself those questions two weeks ago and the answers are still the same, then I should be adding. Yeah, I meant more on the the AMC thesis that you had last week. Ah, Fuck. All right. My bad. <laughs> no, I mean, that that was good. That was good information. We can keep that in. Uh, I'm sure that that's definitely helpful to people. But I meant like your AMC thesis. You you said, you know, if, if the price drops, yeah. you know, that's a good spot to add. Um, the short squeeze. All we need is a little news. And we got like a couple bits of news that yeah. week and it was just what it needed to set it off. And then a mixture of GameStop going absolutely buku helped it as well. Do you have anything else to touch on besides, yeah, I was exactly right? Yeah. I mean, no, I mean, listen, we were exactly right. And like I said, is that we've seen something like that. We've seen things like this on a much smaller scale, like I said. And so something else to note is that, you know, at this point with the amount of volume that GME and AMC are getting, okay, it really doesn't matter. GME, I don't know. I'm befuddled why they aren't dropping a $10 billion offering because on the, based on the volume that's trading at right now, it would just get eaten up and they would have $10 billion. They could, they could buy, they could buy any and all competitors. Hell, they could buy like a stake in Apple. I think the offering would also do a good thing for the new people that are just gambling. They could learn at least one thing about trading <laughs> besides game stonk to the moon. Yeah. It, you know? Yeah, it, they, exactly. <laughs> 
it's a learning experience. And if it did get eaten up, sure. Maybe they'd be like, oh, offering by the dip always. Yeah. And I mean, just another learning experience. And but but yeah, I mean, with your thesis is being right. And I think the one last thing we need to touch on in this one is. Is this legal? The yeah. legalities of all of this. Yeah. So one thing to know is that I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a securities lawyer. I, Dan and I, we're, we're just, I don't even know. We haven't graduated. Yeah, we, yeah, we haven't graduated. Yeah, I did, you know, child lit though, 92, you know, so. Yeah, congratulations on your acing your child lit. <laughs> yeah, but so, so getting into it, okay. Some things to note here is that one, okay, all, we love the movement and we can do something as, as a community, we can definitely do something. But from a legal standpoint, we have no basis, okay? And this is something to really keep in mind. If you are using one of the mainstream brokers, so when I'm talking about this, okay, I'm not even gonna talk about Robinhood because what Robinhood did, okay, even if they have the legality on their side, ethically, it's not okay, okay? If you want to sit and sit there and say that you are protecting your customers, which on, they do have some basis because like I said, okay, pigs will get slaughtered in this. Okay. Pigs will get slaughtered. It's just when, okay. And so, yeah, but it's like they're, they, instead of protecting their customers, they were, no, it, it's like, it was just such a lie. Exactly. I mean, yeah, there was like a 1% of truth. Like, yeah, you might want to protect your customers, but this is not the way. No, exactly. And I completely agree. Okay, Send them a letter. No, exactly. I completely agree. Okay. Robin, what Robin Hood did is, is so unethical. I, I, if, if, you, if you were in Robin Hood, okay, you need to, and you have a good chunk of money in Robin Hood, okay, you really need to start reaching out to maybe, you need to start looking at your options because Robin Hood is running out of money. Okay. They had to borrow another line of credit. So if GME goes higher, there is a chance that Robin Hood becomes insolvent. And if Robin Hood becomes insolvent, <laughs> I mean, there's going to be, I mean, they weren't they planning on IPOing? Yeah, they were planning on IPOing to get some cash influx, but they can't IPO by Monday. And, and so that means that they're, that they're cash short right now. And so if they become so insolvent that no one will give them a credit line, then they will have to close their doors. If they close their doors and you have money in Robinhood, it is going to take you months. And I mean months, if not years, to get your money from Robinhood. Okay, and if Robinhood doesn't have enough money for you, then you have to go to the FDIC, okay? And if they don't, and th- now they're gonna they're gonna insure you for I think it's up to five hundred thousand, and so that's fine, great. They'll sh- they'll insure you up to five hundred thousand. But the the bigger issue is the opportunity cost. You will have months and months of litigation, and your money will just be tied up. So please get your money out of Robinhood. Okay. Not even that the fact that it's a crap broker, but the fact that you could literally be scanned out of any money inside your portfolio, or it'll take you months to get that from litigation. Okay. But from the other broker, you know, mainstream, okay. What they did is not cool. And some could say definitely unethical. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, not cool. Yeah, not cool. Yeah, not cool, bro. Yeah, yo, TD, you're not cool, bro. Uh, but <laughs> I think it's really important to note here. Okay, do not go out hiring some securities lawyer because guess what? You're not going to want to hear this. But we really, inside the legal system, do not have a foot to stand on. 
Okay, we really don't. When you sign those user agreements, you're agreeing that they can basically do whatever they want um, as long as they just don't outright steal your money. So the next best thing is what is going on, making this a movement, a national movement, speaking out against what is happening. Okay, you know that when you have politicians from both sides agreeing on something, you know that it's getting noticed. Okay, politicians, (laughs) they're supposed to. Yeah, they're supposed to work for the people. And that, that's just, that's for a different day. But when they're saying that people are going to pay, um, that, that people are going to pay, okay, now, although people might not, you know, actually go to jail or anything, um, it, that's a debate. But the important thing is that if we push hard enough, there will be restrictions on brokers and there will be a crackdown. So although this has happened once, okay, think about it like th- this happened once, you know, you screw me once, that's on me. Um, you know, but you, you'll never get this. Holy again. shit, dude. I, I can't believe like the, the only other time it's been, that saying's been messed up. It was like, you're, you're George Bush. You're <laughs> George W. Bush. <laughs> that, I mean, <clears throat> um, you, that, you were probably five when that happened, but yeah. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. You sh- <laughs> that's incredible. Um, yeah, uh, I definitely think this could be a movement, but, but. But it's important, but here, <laughs> please do not get so wrapped up in it that you're mortgaging your house, that you're hiring securities lawyers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not responsible to blame. It's kind of like what, what Doug Bonaparte tweeted just like last week. You know, it's irresponsible to sit and wait and maybe potentially blame if your student loans don't get canceled or, or, whatever but you know just keep paying them and if they do it'll be icing on the cake so just trade what's in front of you if you lose on a trade because of it we can't always blame the brokers robin hood is notorious for not working and then sending their users that complain 75 bucks like that's enough so <laughs> it's it's ridiculous what we're going through and we just got to focus on the real goal here yeah that's good i like that focus on the real goal hey, listen if you're new to pgir uh, thank you for listening. You know, we, we love you guys. But the important thing to note here is that you, if you made a crap ton of money on, you know, GME, okay, now it's time to say, whew, I got lucky. And now it's time to actually learn how to trade. Okay. The saying, I, I love this saying, be good, not lucky. Okay. Yeah, um, I, I don't know any other way to put it. This, I mean, it was just like a lot of traders in, in April and June and July. You know, we were lucky time and time and time again. And um, it was it was time to get good. Uh, so, I mean, every everyone's got to do it. And I think a lot of these people are going to learn how to trade. And this is going to be a great addition to the market. And I'm super happy about this whole GME situation. I love new traders getting in. Uh, it's, it's great seeing everything on everyone on Facebook. I should have put all $1,200 in my bank account into Dogecoin. I'd be rich right now. So, you know, it's fun. It's fun seeing everyone excited about it. And, um, I guess with that being said, here are the voices of the Furus. Dan, Hugh, Kent Powers. Hey guys, hope you're well. Um, so obviously some, some amazing things happening um, happened last week. Uh, amazing thing to see, amazing thing to watch, and I'm sure a lot, <laughs> a lot more amazing things will happen here in the near future as this all continues to unfold. But you know, I think um, everybody knows what happened, right? With the, the the massive short squeeze squeezes 
uh, plural. Uh, the, the GME squeeze became the theme. But, um, you know, I like to kind of digress and see how uh, we became, right, how this all evolved. And I, I think there's a lot, a lot more to it as you look at the foundation. Um, and my, my theory is the pandemic, you know, we, we all got locked up. A lot of new traders hit the scene. Um, you know, we were all locked in our basements behind our, our computers. The, the Internet was our only outlet, right? Um, movie theaters were shut down, AMC. Uh, you know, restaurants were shut down. Small businesses were shut down. Um, a lot of people were furloughed, laid off, et cetera. And, um, you know, the, the, their income diminished tremendously. And then to add insult to injury, the, these, uh, the government said, Hey, here's 600 bucks. Go live. Well, what the hell are you going to do with 600 bucks? You know, that can maybe last you a month if you're lucky, but you know, we know that that's a couple trips to a grocery store, or a quarter of a rent payment. So all this accumulates into, you know, what has become the pot boiling over. People have become educated. They have uh, they've learned. They've dug into forums. Um, they're smart. They get patted on the back with six hundred dollars, and and you have a Robinhood app and and other apps making it extremely convenient to do uh, to to invest. You know, commission free. Invest, invest, invest. And what we are seeing play out is is a is a smart group of people playing a theme, and that theme is is the short squeezes. And um, you know, a lot of us could see this coming from a mile away. It was it was bound to happen, uh, especially after uh, we saw what what happened to GME. Everything has a has a tendency to run together, whether it be EVs, whether it be uh, weed plays, and the theme was you know short squeezes. So there's there's my theory, you know, is a culmination of events that led us to this point here and what we've witnessed over the past week or so. You know, I'm sure, you know, things will continue to, to unfold and, and the short squeeze, the great short squeeze of 2021 has been presented. With that, you know, cheers, happy trading and uh, best of luck to both of you. And now Ultra Calls. Hey, guys, Ultra Calls here. Talking a little bit about Robinhood on restricting their trades. As we all know, earlier this week, in light of the recent volatility, Robinhood decided to restrict their transactions to closing transactions only for retail traders like us. So this includes stocks like Nokia, Naked, Cost, GameStop, Express, Bed Bath & Beyond, BlackBerry, AMC, etc. The issue with this is that when they decided to make this announcement, many stocks crashed, including the index itself. For example, GameStop was trading around 400, give or take, then started crashing to the 112 area from panic selling. This is very unfair to retail traders like us because some of us were still buying into the frenzy, expecting prices on the security to continue to rise to only get stuck in a potential major loss. Other brokers like Interactive, TD Ameritrade, Webull, they also took similar steps with Robinhood. All three of those raised their margin requirements on certain securities. So it's definitely not unusual to raise margin requirements. But the move to restrict trading on Robinhood was definitely much more extreme, which angered many of us retail traders. So after the market closed Thursday, I think it was Thursday the 28th, Robinhood advised they would allow limited buys of the securities it had restrictions on. 
starting on the 29th, which was Friday. When they say limited, this was total BS, limited buying. Some users reported they can only buy a total of five shares of certain securities, which is a complete joke and embarrassment to Robinhood's report. So as we all know, Robinhood has a class action lawsuit going against them for what they have caused. I truly hope they can correct this and go back to normal. But in the meantime, I still stand against them for the harm they caused to many retail traders and 100% recommend them take their money out of Robinhood and delete it. We have absolutely no idea where Robinhood is going after this total mess. So if you need suggestions on a new broker, I'd go with E-Trade, TD Ameritrade, Webull, or Speed Trader for the time being. But definitely don't worry. This BS of a mess will not last long. Everything will go back to normal soon. And we're going to continue making money in this market no matter what. It, no one's going to stop us. So that's pretty much it. Huge thank you to Dan and Hugh for having me on. Penny's going in raw. Shout out to Vinny Strokes on all his hard work that goes into editing. I look forward to giving my personal interview in the near future on how I started and where I stand this day. And also a big shout out to my boys, Zach Morris, PJ Matlock, Ripster, Bullish Trades, and Mitch Picks, Yates Investing, and many others. There's so many out there that are great follows. And, you know, they've helped me become successful in my trading career. I wouldn't be where I am today without the knowledge of all these great individuals. So, yeah, that's pretty much it, y'all. Take care. And now we have thoughts from Ripster47. Hey, thank you, Dan. Uh, thank you for um, letting me speak on this this topic what these brokers have done is unethical it is pathetic their duty is to provide investors access to trading at all the time at at the investors own discretion but instead they are working in their own interest and in interest of the big boy funds or interest of the market makers a lot of these brokers you know are using free trading right free trading as an excuse to do their shady deals in the back end. There is no excuse for restricting buy orders. Whatever excuse they have, you know, they are they're saying they are restricting the buy orders because they need more funds to maintain margins, whatever. But that's that's their problem. That's not an investor or a retail investor's problem. Right? A small ind- individual retail investor, when he signs up to Robinhood or any other brokers, right? He's expecting to trade on its own discretion at its own time. And accepting a client as a trader on your platform, you know, we know, they already know that this this investor is educated enough to make his own decisions, right? But, uh, but I mean, what they have done, it's, it's, it's um, it, you know, they should not be in the business if they, they are doing this, right? Restricting, restricting tickers. But now damage has been done, right? They, they restricted the shares and adding more restrictions. They should be held accountable. I know um, SEC will investigate. I read there's some article, you know, news that they will investigate. But we do need a permanent solution here. You know, they are, every time we are in the market, we talk about hedge funds, the big boys, the Wall Street, right? But I guess um, this, this, this is history being made here. A movement has been started you know, a movement has been started and I just, I just hope something good comes out of this. This is supposed to be a free market. 
but but this does not look like a free market to me yeah something needs to be done uh, and those are my my thoughts here you know something something needs to be done more protection for retail something else something else needs to come out of this you know sec and all these they are pretty you know pre- pretty strict about giving a pdt and all that you know to restrict to safeguard retail investors but what about this blatant manipulation by the brokers right they should do something about it so yeah hopefully something good comes out of it you know and we can uh, get back on track all right thanks dan let's hear it for yates investing yo what's up guys jake investing here and dan asked me just to do a quick little video over what occurred in the market last week so i'm sitting here supporting my uh new background uh screen and you know I had to sit back, think about this for a couple of days because it's really, it's really got to me. And I can sit here and say that I have a grudge against Robinhood. There's no doubt about it. I do. It's simple. I don't own a Robinhood account. And I never will. But I have friends. I have family members. I have followers who all are being affected by this in a negative way. So for me, it's personal. You know, uh, I'm a fight for my people. And I've been seeing a lot of comments on how everything that Robinhood is doing is legal, and it's simply not. It's just not. And I can sit here and I can tell you, you know, we have the hedge funds who made billions and billions of dollars last year during the pandemic because of volatility that new traders created. And now that they are losing, that volatility is no longer okay. So we stopped buying, but you can sell. Let's kill the volume and create selling pressure. Makes perfect sense. So, you know, I, that just really, really irritates me a lot, you know, and you have to sit here and think that we're in a new era, guys. Uh, the stock market, this is something we've never seen before. Uh, we're making history and we have millions of new traders now that are coming in and I love it. I love it. And, you know, we've had Wall Street for years who said, don't become a stock trader. You can't do it. You're not smart enough. You will lose all your money. And now we have retail traders who are realizing that that was BS. And I'm happy because, guys, this this will change your life forever. I Everybody I come across, I tell them, I said, man, you got to jump into the stock market. You got to get started. This is for your future. Better yourself. So, you know, I was supposed to make this a short video. I could talk for hours on this subject. Uh, really, I just want to say thank you guys for allowing me to talk. And let's 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 delete Robinhood, guys. Let's delete Robinhood and uh, let's burn the suits. Thank you, Doug Bonaparte. Everyone, hey everyone, it's Douglas Diamond Hands Bonaparte here. And wow, what an epic week the GameStop AMC short squeeze event was. It might continue. There's so many narratives to unpack and so many things for me to think about. The first one is Occupy Wall Street. Takes me back. Instead of protesters screaming all day, all week, Occupy Wall Street and Zuccotti Park down in lower Manhattan, the disenfranchised are fighting fire with fire. They're playing the same game that the hedge funds are playing and they're winning. And it's a culmination of a few things it's free trading and online tools like Robinhood, it's the ability to communicate freely through Reddit and Twitter, building armies and participants and people who can act together. It's about stimmies and stimulus, right? And a zero interest rate environment that creates fertile soil for this to take place. It's nuts. 
So the second thing that comes to my mind is the financial advisor in me. It's about not what you make on paper, but what you keep. So this has me say, be smart. If you made money that can change your life, change it. It's not about your friends or your online buddies having fun with you. It's about you and your ability to achieve your goals. Nobody cares how much you made or lost because at the end of the day, again, it's about you. So act accordingly and think about that first. Now, as far as brokers and what this means for them, well, in the case of Robinhood and many others, it's about optics versus reality. Optically, folks like Robinhood destroyed brand value because they turned their back on their customers. That's what it looks like. But in reality, there was a clog in the very nuanced way the trading works in the back end of the system. It got clogged. It got clogged up with costs, and it created a giant mess. Ultimately, Robinhood and others couldn't afford to keep this going, couldn't afford to trade your GME and AMC. So they had to stop, or there wouldn't be a Robinhood or other brokers platform to trade on. It was just about business. So for them, it really comes down to communication and their comms team, which was terrible. All they needed to do was get ahead of it and say, listen, guys, we love what you're doing here. We want to support you. We got your back, but we literally can't have your back if we're not in business. Here's why. We need cash so we can keep this going. We are working hard on that. So sorry we have to stop, but in order to continue playing the game, here's what we need to do. Instead of whatever reactionary route they took, which obviously didn't work. And the very last thing is this, guys. You know, you've already seen a taste of this. They, they shut it down. And the big dogs got to recoup. But at the end of the day, when there's a hole, it gets plugged. You know, these corners of the market where people make lots of money, they don't last forever. They never do. Money will be made and lost for sure, but at some point, regulation happens or the rules changed. Just remember that. It's almost a given. In the meantime, you know, be safe, have fun, think about your goals and what you want for yourself, and let's see where this takes us. It's certainly one of the most entertaining things I have seen. All right. Later. And the queen of Atlas, Adelon. So I've been looking at this whole situation and I know most people are probably focusing on the outrage and, uh, you know, the, how it brings up the whole unfairness of, of like the big funds and the big money. But what I find interesting is two things. One of them is that looking back at the filings from um, Melvin Capital, for example, it looks like they entered their put uh, position back in the fourth quarter of 2015 when GME was trading at about maybe $35. And since then, you know, up until 2019, the price went down to, what, $3? Even just 2020, it was trading at like, I think, $3, $7 on that range. And just the greed of them not exiting their position back then is just amazing. Like, the, were they expecting it to go down more and like completely go to Pennyland 
or become an OTC stock, and they just didn't exit. Going from thirty to three dollars is a huge, huge um, decrease in price share. So that was that should have been a lot of profit for them, but they got greedy, and I don't know did they keep holding. Again, if they were waiting more, they would profit more. But then they also risked that something was going to turn the tides. And that's what happened. So now they're stuck in this position because they get greedy. Um, and I think that's that's a lesson in always securing profits. Um, the other thing that I found that I find interesting is that um, Michael Burry, uh, the same guy that was involved in the whole... Um, the big short that happened in 2008 is also was also kind of involved in this, um, in this other big event uh, involving Wall Street and um, just big funds going crazy, not having any money to cover their losses. And I was looking at uh, Sion's filings, and it looks like they entered a long position, a big long position, in back in 2014 at first, um, and. So, you know, for, for him, it looks like it's been a very, very long play. Um, but that was just something that I found interesting, that he's played um, kind of a big role in these two big financial events. So that's all. All right. Thank you guys for listening to another Pennies Going and Raw. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And how about we uh, bring back the midweeks? Yeah. I, I think that that would be a really good idea. And, and I think that, uh, you know, that we keep this train going. All right, man. Well, uh, we will see everyone next Sunday. Make sure to leave us whoa, a whoa, whoa. five. We'll see star you on Wednesday. Review. We'll see you all Wednesday. <laughs> Make sure to leave us all a five star review. Thank you. Thank you. Also, we are happy to announce that we are now sponsored by Benzinga. We don't exactly have a write up of what to say yet. So, starting next week, y'all better be checking out Benzinga Pro. We're very happy to be working with them. And make sure to check out their Power Hour as well. Uh, we're going to start working with them a lot more and exciting times. Also, we'd love to see you guys take pictures in your shirts if you ordered one. Uh, I'm going to be sending out anyone that ordered more than one. I'm going to be sending them out tomorrow. And uh, hopefully everyone got their first one. If you just ordered one, they should be there uh, on yesterday or on Monday. So hope you guys get them. And we'd love to see pictures of y'all wearing them. Cool. Enjoy your weekend or week, whatever.